Thank you guys so much for listening to the Family Worship Center podcast. This podcast is our weekly messages that happen at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. every Sunday here at Family Worship Center. Don't forget to check out our website at myfwc.tv and follow us on all social media. If one of these messages touched you in some way, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us on our website or on any of our social media pages. Simply put, we exist to partner with God in changing the quality of families' lives. We hope you enjoy this message. How many ever had a certain tragedy or situation happen to you and it broke your heart? Something went really wrong. Maybe loss of a loved one, loss of a relationship, maybe uh, someone you loved and trusted uh, with all of your heart. Something went, some, or went awry. I want to talk about two things this morning as we turn to Proverbs chapter 4. I want to talk about the physical heart that God blessed us with. It's got four chambers, you know, the valves. One side is pushing, one side is receiving blood. Blood circulates through the lungs, oxygen. All these things happen. God created our physical heart. If our physical heart is not where it needs to be, how many knows it's hard to live life to the fullest? How many knows if our physical heart is not operating in optimum levels, it's hard to, to live life to the best God wants us to be? We know that and we thank God for His healing grace. We thank God for doctors and medicine. And also, if our spiritual heart, our spiritual heart is not where it needs to be. How many knows we can't operate spiritually the way God wants us to? Let's say there's, there's been a hurt or a disappointment. Or let's, let's say unforgiveness has set into our heart. And the Bible, Jesus taught about in the last days, there'll be great offenses come against the body of Christ. Great offenses come against the body of Christ. And it's to get us off base to question if God really loves us. Well, if God really loved me, how come that happened to me? How come that situation went on? How come there was a loss of a loved one or something we loved, you know, a situation or whatever? How, how come that one, if God really loved me, how come I got into this situation? How come I, I got hung up in this? And the enemy wants us to always question if God loves us. How many knows, as we sang this morning, His love never fails? How many knows He'll never give up on us? How many knows He never leaves us or forsakes us? And uh, Jesus said over in John, He said, Let not your heart be what? Troubled. How many knows if I keep allowing my heart to be troubled, I'm not going to operate in full optimum? I'm not only going to question if God loves me, now I'm going to begin to question if people that I think love me really love me. I'm going to get into the question game. And, and Jesus said, let, don't let your heart be troubled. He, he was talking to his disciples and all of us. He said, in my Father's house are many mansions. I go to prepare a place for you. So right off the bat, Jesus is talking about the heart. He said, you can operate in peace in the middle of a storm. I went down to Nashville this week to see Carson and Alexis and where the storm was. They were eight miles from the storm, but eight miles from their house, it tore up Jack. And, and the storm started in Nashville and ended in Cookville. It went through four counties and stayed on the ground 45 minutes. Very unusual for a tornado. But where it went, it chewed stuff up. But how many of those Nashville's coming together? The church is rising in Nashville. How many of those a lot of things are happening to restore Nashville? And that's what God wants. He wants when tragedy comes, situations come, he, he wants us to join together and come together. 
In the latter days, the Bible talks about, also Jesus says men's hearts will fail them out of fear and expectation of fear. How many knows this coronavirus is, is uh, more than just a few things happening? How many knows it is a virus? How many knows they're working on things to cure it? How many knows Jesus by his stripes already paid for it? But how many knows it's really fuel-driven too? There's, there's little kids getting into cars with their moms and dads after school and getting on the buses crying because their mom and dad doesn't have them a mask yet. And, and sometimes, I'm not saying all schools, but there's a lot of fear-driven. How many knows anything fear-driven cannot be maintained in faith? So how many knows we've been given this, not the spirit of fear, but a power of love and what? A sound what? So let's don't let something come out of our mouth that's going to stir up fear. Let's wait it's going to come to us according to Psalms 91. And, and let's let our hearts not be troubled. I want to pray that over us right now. I just sense in my heart. Father, I just thank you today that we come in here from all different places and angles. And Father, if there's any anxiety in our hearts, if there's any fear or fretfulness in our heart, we release it to you today, Lord. We, we push away that and we believe the truth of your word. That you'll never leave us or forsake us. That our best days are ahead. That what was meant for evil, you'll turn into good. And we thank you today, Lord, we're going to protect our heart. And we're going to leave here with joy. We're going to leave here with excitement. We're going to leave here with a, with a grace on us, Lord. That we're going to live and be and do all you called us to live and be and do. And we're going to do it in faith and we're going to operate through love. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's say it again. Let not your heart be troubled. Turn your neighbor and say, don't, don't be troubled. Amen. All right, let's look at Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 4. And let's start in ver verse 20. Proverbs chapter 4. We're going to talk about guarding our hearts. Guarding our hearts. The definition of guard is to watch over, to protect, or to control. To watch over, to protect, or to control. Guard our hearts. Guard our hearts. Because we're going to see here in a minute what comes out of our heart. The definition also means to protect against damage or harm. To protect against damage or harm. God wants to heal hearts here today. Not only spiritually, He wants to heal hearts physically. He wants you to leave with hope today. He said in the last days there would be a great falling away. People would lose heart. The Bible says we'll reap in due season if we what? Faint not. Matter of fact, let's hold your finger there. Let's go to Galatians chapter 6. I want to encourage everybody here today who's been going through something pretty tough that God has an answer for you. Galatians chapter 6. Look what it says here. Galatians chapter 6, let's look at verse 9. And it says, let us not grow weary while doing good. How many here believes you're doing the best you can right now? You're trying to do the best you can. How many knows there's certain situations God wants us all in? All in. How many knows if we put him first, all the other stuff work out? How many knows if we try to fill in God in, in places, you know, I heard this uh, uh, this week and it, it, it kind of got to me you know so, so many times the church has tried to conform to the world to adapt to some of the world's systems to make it uh, applicable instead of just preaching the Bible displaying the word of God following the Holy Ghost praying for people laying hands on the sick doing all what we're called to do but some churches sometimes try to get to a point of appeasement that they lose their power in their place how many say amen there's a church in Florida, here's what they guarantee you, 22 minutes. Everybody say, 22 minutes. You'll be in and out and receive communion and be prayed over in 22 minutes. 
I can't even do announcements in 22 minutes. How many say amen? But how many knows probably, I'm not judging them, but probably that's not always going to work well. Amen? They do songs and prayer in 22 minutes. Now, I'll be the first to say, I'll sit where you sit, and I'll be the first to say I've been in some services that don't even stop long before the preacher did. How many say amen? So Pastor Pat, he works on that and all everybody else. But I want to encourage you. We want to do what God's called us to do. We want you to leave today full of hope and encouragement and strength. And look what it says in Galatians chapter 6. It says in, in verse, verse 9, Let not your heart, let, let not grow weary while doing good, for in due season you'll reap if you don't lose heart. One translation says faint not. Let us not grow weary while doing good. Father God, I thank you. We're not going to give in to weariness, to tiredness. We're going to be fresh by the Word of God, by the Holy Spirit, praying and other tongues, we're going to be refreshed by how you refresh us by the grace of God. And it says, for in due season, we will reap if we don't lose heart. I want to say that to you today. Listen, guys. In due season, if you don't lose heart, you're going to receive that entire healing you're believing for. In due season, if you don't lose heart and we faint not, you're going to receive that healing for your marriage. In due season, you're going to receive that promotion or that whatever you're believing for. If you don't give up, if you don't quit, if you don't lose heart, if you faint not, faint not. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm not a fainter. I'm a finisher. If you remove anything this morning from Pastor Pat, just remember this. Out of the abundance of God's grace and heart, you're going to finish what God started with you. You're going to finish with joy. You're going to finish with the grace on your life. And you're going to have God's blessing on your life because you're not a quitter. You're going to finish. You're a finisher. Look at your neighbor again and say, you're a finisher. It says we're going to do that if we faint not. Verse 10. It says, therefore, as we have an opportunity. How many knows we have an opportunity daily? As we have opportunity, let us do good to all. Let us do good to all. Let us be wise to be a blessing to all, and especially to those who are the household of faith. That means me and you have an opportunity. How many here has been married over 30 years? Raise your hand. I start. I'm at 30. How many here has been married less than five years? Raise your hand. How many here is getting ready to get married? We could be a great blessing to them. If you've been at it 30 years, 40 years, 50 years, you've done something right. How many say amen? amen. We could be a blessing to them. And you know what? Those young in marriage can be a blessing to us. So do good. Do good. Um, the Bible says we can get to a point in life we can give to every good work. Because we're led of the Lord. Every good work. We always think of just like money. But no, it's bigger than money. It's time. It's talents. And you know, I, I, I just had this thought about those people in Nashville. I'd love to load a tractor trailer up of refrigerators. And just take new refrigerators to them. I mean, you can't hardly live without a refrigerator. How many say amen? The older you get, the refrigerator becomes more your friend. How many say amen? And... The truth is, I mean, there's people down that's going to need refrigerators. But you know it would be a lot easier to probably go to, you know, your, your Best Buys or your Home Depots or Lowe's or whatever, or your appliance stores. or uh, Just thinking that way. Just moving over to think about the heart of God. What would God do if he was physically here? He would find people who had need and meet need according to uh, the grace and faith on their life. And I, I just encourage you, uh, as we begin to focus more on helping them, he takes care of us. How many can agree with that? Amen. So I, I want to encourage you in that. And 
and, and in those things. And the Bible says again in, in Galatians chapter 6 and in verse, verse 8, it says, you know, if we follow the flesh, we're going to reap of the flesh, corruption. Verse 8, but who sows to the Spirit will reap the Spirit and have everlasting life. So I'm excited about what God is doing in our midst. I'm excited about you. I'm excited about, um, you know, sometimes when we jump to Eastern Standard Time, how I many knows we lose a few folk? We did this morning because the clock gets their head. But God's, God's got a comeback. Anybody watch the UK game yesterday? Did anybody walk away before they actually won? And, and you know, you're sitting there and they come back and they, they won. And, and you know what? They won without their point guard. Ashton Higgins was back in Lexington, right? He had a little disciplinary problem, right? Bless his heart, let's pray for him. And you say, well, I don't like UK. Well, you know, we have to pray for people we don't like sometimes. But you know what it did? It proved those boys coming off the bench could win without him. Now, he needs to be reminded of that. I mean, bless his heart. God's always got a comeback plan for you and me. He's always got somebody step in a role, step in a place to help us come back and and that's why we have to guard our heart. We have to guard against unforgiveness and getting mad at people and, and, and stay mad at people. And uh, How many knows it's easy to carry a grudge in your flesh? How many knows God's constantly talking about our heart, guarding our heart? Again, the definition of guard means to protect against damage or harm. There's people in this room today, our hearts have been damaged spiritually. They've been harmed. And God wants to heal those by the healing power of the Holy Spirit and His Word. And out of the heart, we know emotions flow. It, the, the word guard also means to watch over, protect, or control. Let me tell you something. If you value something, you'll protect it. If you value something and love it, you'll get in between, between that and, and a problem. I remember once Carson was little, and he was just big enough to walk good by himself. And uh, uh, he was out in the pasture with his mother. And I don't know what they were doing. They were walking up to the barn, I guess, to feed the horses or something. Uh, all I remember is Carson got in front of a heifer that just had had a baby calf, and that heifer thought Carson was going to harm that calf. I'll never forget it because I was behind them walking. They were way ahead of me, and I thought, good God, you know, I've waited 37 years to have a kid. I'm 40, and now the heifer. Here comes the heifer. How many say amen? There's always something trying to steal something from you that's valuable. And I remember that, that heifer whirled around and pawed once in the dirt, and just took off at a beeline for Carson. Now, he's, he's maybe one and a half, two, two, something like that. And I just said Jesus. All I could say is Jesus. You know, sometimes the best thing we can do is just say Jesus. How many say amen? We just submit and commit everything we have to him like we should be always. But. So, all of a sudden, out of, out of the side of my peripheral vision, here come Brooke challenging the heifer. The heifer weighed 1,100 pounds, just had a baby, quite not figuring out why she don't feel the best. And here come Brooke. The heifer's weighing in at 1,100 pounds. Brooke's weighing in at a nice 122. I mean, say amen. And they were on a course to hit heads. And again, I just said, Jesus, Jesus, you got to help me. And I, God is my witness. As that heifer got as close as from me to Zach, that heifer veered like that heifer saw a wall of fire and just peeled off of Brooke. And I do believe angels help. How many say amen? So Brooke grabbed up Carson, tried to explain the whole situation, but he didn't care. He just wanted to get to the barn. I just want to encourage you, even when you feel like there's nothing you can do, you can call on the power of God out of your heart, and Jesus will show up. Amen? Amen. 
Look at Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20. My son and my daughter, give attention to my words. Guys, this thing needs to be what we feed on daily. We need to get into a rhythm of this, not just wait until Sunday, waiting for somebody to deliver a word. We need to get into a rhythm of feeding on the Word of God. Let me tell you something. We have a lot of people helping us in learning the Word of God in the day we live in. You can turn on the television. You can get on your, your phone. You can get on your laptop. There's a lot of great preaching and teaching people that can help you grow spiritually. How many say amen? Does anybody know who Miss Joyce Meyer is? Miss Joyce Meyer will hit you straight up. She'll leave you with some meat on the table. You won't be confused when she gets through with you. And I love her because she tells really, really life-giving stories. There's people like uh, Stephen Furtick, who's a tremendous uh, gatherer of people. Who's tremendous. There's people like Mr. Uh, Pastor John Hagee and Matthew. There's all kinds of people, men and women, full of God, full of the Word, doing particular things and helping people grow. So I encourage you, not only here and what we do, but I encourage you to feed. And it says this, Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. We're talking about the words, the word of God. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Keep them. Here we are again. Keeping them in the midst of our heart. What's the Bible say? Out of the abundance of the heart, the what mouth? So whatever we're filled up in majority is eventually going to come out of us. That's why great coaches who have played the game understand the game and great coaches who have learned the game pass the game on have you ever bought something from someone that didn't believe in what they were selling have you ever had somebody cold sell you something and they had ability to connect they had ability to get into into your space and into your life but they really didn't know what they were selling and they really never valued it to the degree it should have been and have you ever had somebody so passionate about what they do passionate about what they sell passionate about what their heart is involved in, you just can't wait to be a part of that. That's what Jesus did. He come down here and poured his life out all those years. In three years of ministry, he poured his life into the 12 and all the others that followed him, and then he left the building because he knew what he poured in them was going to come out of them. You know, it's amazing. Jesus said greater works that we're going to do than he did. Now think about that. Jesus said greater works than I've done you're going to do. And I believe according to the Holy Ghost and the anointing of God and the Word of God through the situation we have today, we can minister to so many people at a time where Jesus didn't have a microphone, He didn't have a PA system, He didn't have lights and camera, He didn't have anything. He was just sent under the anointing of God to do what He did as the Son of God, and He did that. And then He gave us the anointing and the challenge to go make disciples. And we can go make disciples anywhere we are. And it's such a cool thing. And it says, keep them, the words, in the midst of your heart. See, the heart is an incubation place. It's where things come in and it grows. It's where you get a word and you keep staying on that word and you keep believing and confessing and walking out that word and it's, some, it's somewhere that seed becomes pregnant and then it, it gives birth to victory and freedom in your life. It says, keep them in the midst of your heart. For there are life to those who find them. Everybody say life and health through all their flesh. That means it's going to change me spiritually. It's going to change me physically. It's going to change me emotionally. It's going to change me financially. It's going to change me in all areas of my life. See, whatever we consistently feed on is going to eventually come out of us. Whatever we feed on over and over, Miss Thelma always gets back to love. She teaches on love. She prays for you. And she teaches that God is love. 
I had a situation this week I had to deal with pastorally. And the Lord was so humorous with me, so loving. I was going down the road going, how in the world, God, are we going to deal with this? And he, he lovingly said, well, you know, Pat, we got this. But he said, I just want to show you something right now. I said, okay, Lord. He said, he said Marshall Dillon can't help you. He said, Miss Kitty can't help you. He said, Festus can't help you and Chester can't help you. Now, why did he tell me that? How many of us, Pastor Pat, loves gun smoke? And I've watched most of the gun smoke. And there's nothing wrong with watching gun smoke. But when gun smoke takes the place of the holy smoke, I'm getting in trouble. He said, I just want to remind you that it's okay to watch gun smoke, but you need to spend a little more time with me in some areas. Because Marshall Dillon didn't have an answer for what I was going to go talk to these people about. And Miss Kitty didn't. And when you think about it, it's very confusing anyway because Marshall Dillon never, he never married Miss Kitty and Chester never walked straight and Festus never took a bath. So anyway, the point is, is what's on the inside of us is going to come out. And it says, keep your heart, guard your heart with all diligence. What's going into our life? And how do things get in our life? They get in our life through our eyes, what we see, Watch what we allow go in our eye gates. It gets into our life, our ears. Watch what we hear. How many say amen? We only have so many gates coming in and one gate going out. So, and, and our mouth, we got our mouth, our eyes, our feet. You know, words condemn us. They either condemn us or quit us. They give us life or death. And our feet are to be directed by the Lord, every step directed by Him. How many say amen? And it says here that we can guard our hearts. Verse 23. For out of it springs the issues of life. Everything's going to flow out of our heart into our life. Put away from you a deceitful mouth. Anybody here ever had trouble with your mouth besides Pastor Pat? Okay. Now, I'm not necessarily talking about saying things that could be foul. I'm talking about saying things full of doubt and negativity. Now listen, don't be saying, if anybody gets a, a coronavirus in Carroll County, Henry County, Trimble County, Owen County, if anybody get it, be me. Don't be saying that. How many doesn't want to have any virus? Or the flu? Or a hangnail? Well, let's, let's examine what we're saying. So if our heart's filled with the healing power of God, and by the stripes of Jesus we were healed, and, and, and God sent His Word, God has so many ways to heal us physically. The Bible says we can be healed simply by believing the Word, studying the Word, confessing the Word. The Bible says we can anoint with oil. The Bible says we can lay hands on the sick. The Bible says the gifts of the Spirit, the gifts of miracles, the gifts of healing. I'm telling you, there's a lot of ways to be healed. How many say amen? So I encourage you, I encourage you to believe God and trust God. So what needs to be healed in your heart today? Have you had a big disappointment? Has something or someone let you down? Has something turned around? What needs to be healed in your heart today? Are, are you like me? Anybody here above 60, how many thought you might be a little further along by now in more ways than one? Is it, that can bring a disappointment, right? It can cause a heart murmur. How many here thinks you've been overlooked or been mistreated? or you know? How many here said things like this? The only woman I ever trust is my mother and my grandmother, and they're both in heaven. How many ever said this, you know? Men, are, can, is there, are there any women left that love God and serve God? Letting wrong things come into our ear gates and our eye gates, seeing them and 
saying those things out of frustration? Well, Pastor Pat, I said something that I didn't mean. I said something that was wrong and damning and accusatory. It says out of the abundance of your heart, not one, two, or three times situation. I know what's in your heart. The love of God's in your heart. Kindness is in your heart. Joy's in your heart. Peace is in your heart. That's what's in your heart. How do I know that? Because Jesus is in your heart. And that's the majority of what's on the inside of you. So it says, it says, put away a deceitful mouth. In other words, I'm going to spend more time on the positivity of the word than the confusion of the world. Keep your eyes looking straight ahead. Everybody say straight ahead. Stop looking to the left and right. Stop looking at other people. The Bible says we're not here to compare ourselves with other people. The Bible says we'll be disappointed. Stop looking at other people doing you think better than you. Or stop looking at other people who it's obvious that things have gone wrong. and Like we say, that, that opportunity can bring pride or, or pity. And look straight ahead. Put your hands on the plow. Put your hands looking straight toward finishing with Jesus. It says keep your eyes looking straight ahead. And your eyelids right before you. You know the old covenant in, in, in Jewish and Hebrew law, they would write the word of God on tablets before them. It would hang down. They would literally hang on a rope from their neck and they'd pull it up and recite it. They'd pull it up and recite it. Repetition will bring revelation. What you keep doing. Now how do I know all that about gun smoke? Because at 10 o'clock at night on 259, the inspirational channel, gun smoke comes on. For three, how many, anybody here watch it but me? All right, so we'll go here. And, and, and you know, there's 648 episodes. Longest run in Western, I think, that there ever was. So, I, I mean, if you keep watching it, you keep noticing that they never change clothes. Then I got to look and Bonanza never changed clothes. They're always in the same colors. And they did that on purpose. But you can't watch that once and figure that out. You can't. And, and you know, Marshall Dillon, they changed the theme song between the third and fourth year. You can't just read. But I'm telling you, when you just keep the word in front of your eyes and going in your ears, it's going to drift down into your heart. It's going to renew your mind. You're going to prove the good and accept perfect will of God. I may say amen. And you're not going to be squeezed into shape into this earth, but you're going to be transformed by the renewing of your mind, which is going to affect your heart. And you're not going to go the way the world goes. And, you know, I, I, I got called to do a message in southern Kentucky the other night, and I went down there, and this church has several locations, and on Wednesday night, first Wednesday of the month, they bring them all together. Standing room only, I don't know, four or 500 people in this room. And I got up, and I said, we've not been given a spirit of fear. Does everybody have a mask? And I grabbed a mask out of my pocket and put it on. They went wild. I said, where's your mask? And I said, you know, when you got a mask on, I'm not saying we don't need a mask and do everything we do in the natural I said, when you got a mask on, I kept going on for five minutes, and finally the mask broke, fell off, fell on the floor. It's hard to speak clearly when something's covering your mouth. And I want to encourage you today as you look forward, and look what it says, verse 26, ponder the path of your feet. Have you looked five years ahead now where you think you'll be spiritually? Are, you on a growth, are we on a growth track? How many believes we're going to walk close to the Lord the further we go? How many believes it's going to be more about we instead of me? How many believes I'm going to find my place and purpose, even if I'm older here? You know, Colonel Sanders, listen. Colonel Sanders, you all have heard me say it. You all think I'm addicted to KFC. I don't really go there much, to be honest with you. I like the bucket. I just like the way the bucket sticks up in the sky. I like something an old man started at 65, 
and he's been dead since the 90s, and it's still going around the world. I like something that lives longer than we do. How many knows this gospel is going to be forever? How many knows God's just looking for people who will do this and protect their heart and let the Spirit of God flow through their heart? And it says, ponder the path of your feet. Where's our feet going? Where are we headed? Who am I walking with? Who's on the left and the right? Who am I hanging? Am I hanging with people who just love Jesus? Is your main people you hang with just so excited about Jesus when you get around them, they just want to talk about the Lord, and talk about what God's doing, and God's been so good to me, and praise God. Are we hanging around people that like that so when we go out in the world and people are broken and bruised and confused, we can just let it pour out? Pour out. I, I sat there in the Home Depot parking lot waiting for one of Carson's friends. This old, older woman come up there. And, and I, I don't know if she's panhandling or not. I don't know. I quit trying to figure all that out. I just trust God. And she told Carson this, and Carson rolled down his window and said, Ma'am, you know what? I, I, I can help you here, and uh, I'm going to believe with you. But let me pray. When Carson got through praying with that woman, she's crying. And I want to give her just a few bucks. And, and I said, Carson, what are you doing? He said, This opportunity happens all the time down here. Just sharing Jesus. I said, You're not concerned about being beat or conned? He goes, Nah, God's bigger than that. I don't, think we'd be, I don't think we should be stupid. How many of those, if you suck $100 bills in your pockets and out of your boot tops and the back of your britches, how many of those the people be plucking you like a hen at a, at a hen-killing factory? But how many of those we can be led? Those who are led by the Spirit of God are called the sons and daughters of God. Led out of your spirit. Look what it says here. It says, let all your ways be established. That means strong and firm. And you're not going to fall off. We're not going to give in. And we're going to realize if tomorrow didn't go as well as it could have tomorrow, I mean, today didn't go as well as it could have, tomorrow can be better. And if it's not better, I'm going to be like the three Hebrew children. I'm still going to stay with God. If it's not better and I burn up in this thing, I'm going to burn up in faith. I'm going to burn up committed and submitted. I'm going to burn up believing in Jesus. Let not your heart be troubled. I'm just going to be here and I'm just going to go through the burn. I'm going to stay with God. But I believe what the enemy meant for evil, God's going to what? Turn into good. Look what it says, verse 27. Do not turn to the right or to the left. Remove your foot of evil. Last scripture. Go to Philippians with me, chapter 6. Turn to your neighbor and say, God's a good God. How many believes that? How many believes his, his, his pathway for you is greater than you can imagine? How many know God wants us all in? He don't want us part-time. He wants us all in. He wants us all in with our passion and our grace. He wants us all in committed spirit, soul, and body. He wants us to enjoy this life. Amen. How many is thankful? How many here has got children or grandchildren? Raise your hand. How many you couldn't imagine life without your children? How many, how many if you not have children, how many wants to have children? All right, let me tell you something about having kids. Having kids is, in one sense, you go, my God, what have I done to myself? I remember coming home with that first baby. And you just, dear God, just looking and, and peeping in there, make sure their little belly's going up and down, up and down. And then they then made monitors where you could listen to. Anybody got monitors? You can hear them. See, there's a new baby. We got new baby. We got five new babies in the congregation, physical babies. We had, four, we had four youth get born again Wednesday night. We had four teenagers get born again here, got saved. How many say amen? That's a healthy thing, getting saved. Well, you, you know that baby? Then, then if you have another one, you start... You love them, but you're not quite as attentive. You send somebody else to look at them. And by the third baby comes along, the monitor's broke or lost. I'm just telling you, it changes your life, but it's good. Here, here's, here's one thing it does. It helps you live life beyond being here. 
You leave something. We have that with our natural children, grandchildren, but I'm telling you, even beyond that, we have that with our spiritual children. We leave something. We leave hope. We leave a trail of grace. We leave, we leave an opportunity for them not to give up on God. Amen? There's a lot of people running from God, but there's a lot of people running to God. So look what it says as we close in Philippians 4. And verse 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. That, that means when your joyce gets tired or weak, you've got to re-it up, you know, pump it up. Amen. Uh, stir yourself up in the middle of your situations. That's what God told David. Let your gentle, gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious, fretful, careful for nothing. Be anxious, fretful, careful for nothing. And God's breaking me because I've grown up saying this. When somebody leaves or goes on, I'll, you know, I'll say, be careful. I shouldn't be saying be careful. I should be saying be blessed. Every footstep you make is going to be anointed of God. Every door is going to open in favor of God. I, I, I shouldn't say because it's just something we grew up with. Said, well, be careful. And, and look, look what it says. Be anxious or careful for nothing. Nothing. If God knows how many hairs are on our head and how the birds are fed, He can take care of us. Amen? Amen. That don't mean we lay on the couch and believe for a mailbox to be filled with money. We go to work. We do what God's called us to do. We live our life. And it says... But in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, thank you, Father, you're on it. Thank you, you're working in the nighttime. Thank you, you're working before me, with me and behind me. I praise you, Lord. Let your requests be made known to God. Request, specifics. Let your requests be made known to God. I want a horse. What kind of horse? You want a Belgian horse? You want a work horse? Weighs a ton? You want a shire that weighs close to 3,000 pounds? You want a Percheron, which is another cold Drafted horse. You want a thoroughbred? A thoroughbred that can run almost up to whatever, 28, 30 miles an hour? What kind of horse do you want? You want a tall horse? You want a short horse? You want a bay? You want a sorrow? You want a buckskin? What kind of horse? Do you want a donkey? He said, be specific. Now, men, how many here purposely picked your wife to marry him? Raise your hand. Or just, I just take a woman. I just want a woman to have a baby. Don't care. How many does that? We don't even go stand in front of McDonald's and wait for them to tell us what we want. What do you want? I don't know. What do you think I ought to have? Be specific when you pray. Have word that backs you up. You can stand for your family. You can believe for your family. You can believe specifically what God has for you. And it says, let your requests be made known to God. And then after that, when you release that in faith, the peace of God, the undeniable peace of God, the superseding peace of God, which surpasses all your understanding. Well, I'm 75 years old and live on a fixed income. Don't let the world fix your income. Turn God back loose with your income. Don't be afraid to tithe and to bring offerings to God. Don't be afraid to help people go on mission trips. Don't be afraid to stand out there and put your seed in the ground. I've seen my mother run off people, people, well, varmints out of her garden because she tilled it, planted it, watered it, fertilized it. She'd knock anything in the head, try to take that seed away. We need to be like that again. We need to be like a junkyard dog over our hearts, protecting our hearts, protecting our families. How dare you? You filthy thing, you're not coming into my house. I'm not going to watch you. If I have to jerk the TV off the wall or cancel Dish or cancel Direct 
or cancel Netflix, whatever it is. You're not coming to my house and invade my house with that filth and that darkness where my kids can see things. And us. I may say amen. I'm talking to all of us. And I'm confessing to you this morning that your pastor is an addict to gun smoke and pray for him. I've watched them all so far in two minutes I can tell you exactly what's going to happen. And God spoke to me the other day said, Honey, I don't mind you watching Gunsmoke, but when you go deal with people, Marshall Dillon can't help them. Let me say amen. But I tell you what can help them. Something Jesse Duplantis said can help them. Something, you know, just go down the list of people can help them. The Word can help people out of their situation. And it says, the peace of God surpasses all understanding. will guard your hearts. There it is. We'll protect. We'll watch over. We'll keep from damaging or harming my heart and my mind through Christ Jesus. And how do I do those things? He said, here's how you do it. Think on these. Meditate on these. Sing these. Keep them in front of your eyes. Keep them in your ears. Things that are true. Things that are noble. Things that are just. Things that are pure, things that are lovely, things that are good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate, chew, say over and over, ponder, sing, memorize on these things. And these things which you've learned and received and heard and saw in me, these you do. And when problems come up, you just flip it up and it's in your heart. It comes out of your heart. Flip it up, it comes out of your heart. This is the day the Lord has made and I'll rejoice what? I'll be glad in it. I don't care if it's raining. I'm going to have a good day in Jesus' name. How many say amen? amen? Well, aren't you scared of the virus? No. No. I've not been given a spirit of fear. I'm not going to be, I, you know, I'm not going to be unwise. You know, how many knows we need to wash our hands more than we do? I'm, I'm not going to necessarily go in that um, rest home in Seattle where all those, you know, most of the deaths came out of one rest home in Seattle. In that area, one, one rest home. And they traced it back. Had to trace it back to all the MT people that served there too. I'm not going to be afraid. I'm going to speak the word over. Father, I thank you no weapon formed against us will prosper. How many say amen? I thank you what you've begun, you're going to finish. I thank you what the devil meant for evil, you're going to turn into good. Father, I thank you we have authority over our bodies. I speak to the left and the right. Father God, I thank you I'm covering the blood of Jesus. See, this is coming up out of, this is not gun smoke. This is coming out of the word. So I'm going to encourage you to take what word you have and keep applying it to your heart, applying it to your head, and it'll affect your hands. And I'm going to encourage you to protect your heart and provide for your heart and prevent your heart from staying cold. If you have to stir, if you've got a cold heart, just ask God to, to return you to your first love and start hanging around people that love God. Just crazy about God. Just in love with God. I'm telling you, if your marriage has been stale, just walk up to your wife, say something good to her, just kiss her on the mouth. Well, I ain't kissed my wife in years. Be a good time to start. How many say amen? I'm just saying, stir up what you know. What you know. From the time you was a child, stir it up. Stir up the word on the inside of you. Stir up the word on the inside of you. Keep putting it inside these babies. Because these babies, are they're our future. How many say amen? Pay the price to make sure our youth and our children are doing what they're called to do. And stir up what God's put on the inside of you. I'm going to heaven. I'm going to ride on one of those white horses Jesus is coming back on. What are you talking about? Where do you think he got the pattern to do everything? 
There's horses in heaven. He, he had the pattern on everything. There's a river of life. There's a sea. There's a crystal sea. Everything you see here is a pattern from heaven. So, I mean, I, I just, I'm, I'm excited about what God is doing. And let's see how many people we can win to the kingdom. Let's see how many people we can, we can uh, failure-proof their life. Let's see how many people that whatever failures happen in their life, God will take it and change their heart and turn it around. Moses was a murderer. David was an adulterer. You just go down the line. Mary Magdalene was a prostitute. All these became super, super heroes of faith because they allowed God to change their heart. Amen. Let's look for people. Let's look for us who have failures and watch God come in in faith and love and turn that thing around. Let's teach people that God wants you to prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. Let's grab the entrepreneurs that we have and help them grow and understand God wants to make great wealth through them to propel His kingdom. Let's help people know there are entrepreneurs, there's leaders, there's stabilizers, there's managers, there's people that evaluate. Let's, let's have everyone get in their place and let's be excited about what God is doing. And let's not be afraid. Let's live in faith. Let me say amen. Well, Father, I thank you today that what you started in us that our heart matters. I thank you what goes into our life. I thank you what comes out of our mouth. I thank you what we see directs our steps. And Father God, I thank you your word is building a foundation in our life. I thank you for next steps and small groups and revive and all the things that pulls us together, makes disciples. Father, I thank you for all the families of, of you've called to be here, that we are to raise up a place where people can come that are broken and bruised, confused and lost, that have been broken hearted, and they can come into a place where your healing word and your healing spirit will heal and touch everyone. For every physical heart ailment here today, we believe and declare healing. For every broken heart today, emotionally and spiritually, we speak healing. And healing begins today. It's a process, and we give you praise and glory for all you're doing in Jesus' name. Amen.